This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight's first show takes us back to the year 1948. That's the year that fashions were becoming more daring with the bikini gaining in popularity. And the first prefab post-war housing to solve housing shortage started to appear both in Europe, USA, and here in Canada, too. Prefab homes could be built quickly, and uh, they accommodated the growing need and were cheap to build and for people to buy. The quality was not great, but they did enable the baby boom after the war years to provide young couples with a home to start their family. 1948, the first Polaroid camera went on sale at the Boston Jordan Marsh department store for $89.75. Worth noting that the Polaroid camera cost nearly 15 times more than the popular Kodak Brownie sold at the time, $5.50. And plus, the film cost substantially more. Also in 1948... The Game of Scrabble was introduced. How about some of the films that people were flocking to the movie houses to see? Well, The Red Shoes, The Road to Rio, and Easter Parade, just three of many. And on Broadway, South Pacific charmed theater goers. Now, how about radio? One of the most popular shows in 1948 belonged to Dennis Day. And that's where we begin tonight's Theater of the Mind. <laughs> Dennis Day is brought to you by Palmolive Soap and Colgate Dental Cream. Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Day Show with Barbara Eiler, B. Benadera, Dink Trout, Charles Dant in the orchestra, and yours truly, Vern Smith, is written by Frank Galen and stars our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Here's Dennis to sing his RCA Victor recording of Clancy Lowered the Boom. Now Clancy was a peaceful man, if you know what I mean. The cops picked up the pieces after Clancy left the scene. He never looked for trouble, that's a fact you can assume. But nevertheless, when trouble would press, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Boom, 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 boom. 
Here he was, the fighting man. They all knew he was tough. He strutted round the neighborhood to shooting off his guff. He picked a fight with Clancy's, then and there he sealed his doom. Before you could shout, oh, Larry, look out! Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. He left the barber shop with tonic on his hair. He walked into the pool room and he met O'Reilly there. O'Reilly said, For goodness sake, now do I smell perfume? Before you could stack your cue in the rack, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy. Oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Hand delivered ice to Mrs. Clancy Flat. He'd always linger for a while to talk of this and that. One day he kissed her just as Clancy walked into the room. Before you could say the time of the day, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy. Oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got to the Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Boom, 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 boom. The neighbors all took out for Kate O'Grady's wedding night. McDougal said, let's have some fun. I, I think I'll start a fight. He wrecked the halls and kissed the bride and pulverized the groom. Then quick as a wink before you could think, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy. Oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy. Oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the Once every couple of years, some touring theatrical troupe decides to play the town of Weaverville. The first night audience, though small, is always quite colorful. The white, pink, and blue of the ladies' evening dresses blending gaily with the green of the gentlemen's tuxedos. <laughs> this year's offering is to be the immortal Somerset mom classic, Rain, which has been around many a season, although not nearly as many as its star, Miss Lily Lafarge. Needless to say, Mildred Anderson is simply dying to see it. But as usual, there's our young hero to be reckoned with. Oh, golly, Dennis, don't tell me you're broke again. What do you do with your money? Well, gee, Mildred, I can't help it if I like to live a little. Gosh, you know how it is. A pack of lifesavers here, a stick of bubble gum there. <laughs> I guess I'm just a playboy at heart. Oh, dear, and I did so want to see that play. Especially opening night. Well, gee, I'm sorry, Mildred. The audience will be so distinguished. All the men dressed in nothing but opera hats and dinner jackets. Won't their legs get pretty cold? <laughs> I mean, they'll be formal, silly. Oh. We have to miss it all. Golly, I didn't mind missing the amateur show that's at the theater now, but I did want to see Rain. Well, gee, Mildred, do you think maybe we could talk your mother into taking us to see it? My mother? Sure, if we worked on it cleverly enough. I've got it, Mildred. We'll tell her it's your birthday. Oh. Don't be silly. Mother knows I was born in June. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess she was there at the time, huh? Of course. Darn it, that woman never lets you out of her sight for a minute. Wait a second. 
Suppose you would to compliment Mother a little. Tell her she looked nice, that she was attractive. Oh, no, I've tried that. I can never keep a straight face. <laughs> Dear, I guess we're sunk then. Oh, hi, Mother. Good morning. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. It's just that... Well, Lily Lafarge is doing rain down at the playhouse. Rain? You mean the Somerset Mom play? Why, I once starred in that back in our high school theater group. <laughs> I played Sadie Thompson. Why, Mother, I never knew that. Oh, I was sensational. I was the girl two men fought over while the rain poured down for 26 days and nights. You had an umbrella? No. Then why would two men fight? Never mind. been wonderful, Mother. Do you still remember any of your lines? I'd love to hear you do Sadie Thompson. Oh, would you really, Mildred? <laughs> oh, it's been so long. You wouldn't like it. Oh, yes, I would. Come on, Mother. Oh, it would bore you, Mildred. But go ahead, Mrs. Anderson. Teach her a lesson. attention to him, Mother. I'll bet you were the most divine Sadie Thompson the theater's ever known. Well, if I do say so myself, the critic on our high school paper simply raved about me in the second review he wrote. What about his first review? Oh, that didn't matter. He retracted the whole thing while he was in the hospital. <laughs> well, I should hope so. You couldn't possibly be anything but glorious on a stage, Mother. Well, yes, I guess you're right about that. What? I bet you could do Sadie Thompson 50 times better than Lily Lafarge. Oh, now, Mildred, that may not be true at all. I'll bet you could. Why not see her and find out? Why don't we all go just to prove to ourselves how much better you could do it? You know that might be a bad idea. It mightn't be a bad idea. I mean, I'm so excited. <laughs> Dennis, here's $10. Go down and get four tickets for opening night. Holy smoke. What? What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing. I was just thinking someday I'm going to marry into real brains. <laughs> Gee, I hope they're not sold out for opening that... Why, Mr. Anderson. Hello, my boy. <laughs> so what are you doing here? I'm waiting to see Lily Lafarge. I believe I'm in trouble, son. Trouble? With Lily Lafarge? Yes, you see, a long time ago, when I was young and impressionable, I wrote some letters to her. You mean fan letters? Well, in a way. While I was writing them, I had to stop every now and then to fan myself. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, I was really a little bundle of quivering passion in those days. <laughs> Anyway, this morning I got a call from Miss Lafarge's manager. She wants to see me about the letters. Son, I'm afraid it may be blackmail. Oh, my gosh. Well, don't you pay her a cent. And have Poopsie read the things I wrote to another woman? Why, she'd pack her trunk tonight. Yeah, you'd be in it. <laughs> you said it. Oh, if only I could get my hands on those letters, by hook or by crook. You mean you'd steal them? Well, after all, Dennis, in some cases, robbery isn't actually dishonest. Why, look at Francois Villon. A used car dealer? <laughs> well, not quite. 
Oh, but what's the use? I can't figure out how to do it. I can't even think of a way to get her out of her dressing room so I can look for them. Well, gee, Mr. Anderson, maybe I can help. I have an idea. Wouldn't she leave if some big Hollywood producer offered to take her to lunch and talk about a screen test? By George, Dennis. You might have something there. Only you've got to put on an awfully good act, my boy. Oh, I know how all the real big shots in Hollywood talk. I hear one on the radio all the time. Well, it's certainly worth a try. Come on, let's go. Now, that must be her room down there, the one with the star on it. Yeah. Now, I'll be waiting out here in the hall to sneak in the minute you get her out. Uh, good luck, boy. Thanks. Yes? How do you do? <laughs> you are uh, Miss Lily Lafarge? Yes, but uh, who are you? My dear young lady, you are having the honor of meeting the greatest producer in all Hollywood, Louis B. O'Brien. O'Brien. I don't believe I know the name. What's this? Never heard of Louis B. O'Brien, maker of the most expensive pictures in Hollywood, producer of A.B.'s Irish Orchid? Uh, don't you mean A.B.'s Irish Rose? Please, with me it's nothing but the best. Well, uh, what can I do for you, Mr. O'Brien? My dear Bublitsky, let us go to lunch. And while we drink on the Nochka and dally with our bagels on a flaming sword, we will talk. Talk? Talk about what? My next picture, of course. Such a story. Gripping. And I want you should be my star. Me? Uh, what kind of a picture is it? It's a drama. It all takes place in desolate Siberia. We are calling it Kiss the Borscht Off My Hands. <laughs> well, really, Mr. O'Brien, I don't think I... Wait, you have not heard the story. You play a beautiful American girl who meets the boy she loves in a salt mine. She marries him, and two months later, they have 12 lovely children. What? Why, how is that possible? Huh? Oh, uh, a trick photography. Uh, are you crazy or something? Oh, you don't like that, huh? Well, all right, I'll let you play my other picture. The greatest in history. The American version of Hamlet. You're going to make Hamlet? To be sure. And I want that you should play Ophelia. Oh. Uh, who's going to play Hamlet? <laughs> Silly girl. <laughs> you mean uh, you? What then? Why, you're mad. You think I can't play Hamlet? All right. I will recite for you the great soliloquy. Listen. To be or not to be. Well, go on. There's more. <laughs> It. You get right out of here this minute, you fake, and but don't you show thinking. your face around here again. But my no, dear child... No, you take that pony accent with you. Now get out before I throw you out. But gosh, Miss Lafarge, that's no attitude to take. Besides, don't think you can throw me out so easily. I'm a lot stronger than I look. Oh! Gee, she is too. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know what to do now, Mr. Anderson. Are you sure those letters are really incriminating? Positive, my boy. As I said, I was a pretty molten little hunk of lava in those days. Well, that's life, I guess. Yesterday's burning coals, today's clinkers. 
Yes, and if Poopsie ever finds out about those letters, tomorrow I'll be scattered ashes. Gosh, we just got to get the letters back, but how? There's only one way. Sneak into her dressing room tonight and swipe them before she can show them to Poopsie. But that's impossible. They're holding that amateur show tonight, and they won't let anybody backstage but the contestants who get to the finals. Dennis, why couldn't we be contestants? Maybe we could get to the finals. Us? Well, what kind of an act could we do on a show? Well, maybe we could be a comedy team. Have you heard any good jokes lately? Well, I did hear a fellow telling his friend one on the bus last night coming home from work. How'd it go? Well, let's see now. Oh, oh, yeah. One woman says to another woman, how long have you been married? And the first woman says, why do you ask? So the other woman says to her, why do I ask? Well, what's the rest of it? I don't know. Just then the bus got to my stop and I had to get off. <laughs> Well, so much for comedy. Yeah. Wait a minute. See, do you remember that act we saw out at the county fair last summer, the mind-reading act? What mind-reading act? Well, don't you remember Mandini the Great? He had an assistant, that pretty girl in the bathing suit. Oh, you mean the one with the red hair and blue eyes with the French bathing suit and the high heels and long black stockings? Yeah. Well, remember what her partner did? She had a partner? Yes, and it was a very simple act. The girl was blindfolded and guessed the objects Mandini held in his hands. He gave her clues that she couldn't miss. Gee, you think we could do that? Why, it's a cinch. The clues are a dead giveaway if you just pay attention. Come on, that's the act for us. Well, okay. But I warn you, in that French bathing suit, I may leave something to be desired. Thank you very much. And now, the next act on our program, folks, Miraculo, the Mental Marvel. Here we go, Dennis. Remember, we've just got to get to those finals. Now, listen carefully to what I'm saying, and you'll get a clue to the object I'm holding in my hand. Okay, let's go. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, you see before you, Miraculo, the man with the mind that amazes millions. The power of his perception pierces and penetrates. With incredible insight, he instantly answers each and every inquiry. Are you ready, Miraculo? Who, me? Yes. <laughs> and now, folks, while I blindfold Miraculo, his assistant will pass among the audience and hold up certain small objects. The amazing Miraculo will identify them instantly. All right, Miraculo. All right, I have here an object. Concentrate, Miraculo. What have I got in my hand? You'll have to watch this one. You'll have it hands down any minute. Can you give me some kind of a clue? <laughs> no, that's not allowed. Come, Miraculo. You like to see flowers grown? Your time is my time, Miraculo. Your time is my time, Miraculo. What have I got in my hand? Uh, Rudy Valley? <laughs> no, no. I concentrate on this subject, Miraculo. When a parade goes by, what do you do? I watch. I watch! Absolutely right! Oh, uncanny, isn't he? This is an act? Now, here's an article a young lady just gave me. You mustn't let her fool you, Miraculo. This is a question any male can answer. Come now, post haste. Has it got writing on it? 
Yes, it has. Mail with writing. Now, what am I holding? A tattooed sailor. <laughs> How do you like that? I thought he'd have trouble with that one. Uh... <laughs> you still haven't got it, Miraculo. Think now. Suppose Eddie Lamar tried to kiss you. Would you let her? Oh, no, I wouldn't. You mean you wouldn't let her? That's right, I wouldn't. You wouldn't what? Kiss her. <laughs> Better hurry, fellas. There's an Irie setter out in the wings waiting to say Mother McCree. <laughs> oh, but I, I haven't guessed what he's holding yet. He's holding a bottle of Airwick. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, with this act, you should be. Now, <laughs> uh, get out of here. <clears throat> okay, folks, our next act. Here, boy. Here, boy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please, sir. Give us another chance. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we sing, too. We do a wonderful impersonation of the ink spots, don't we, Mr. Anderson? We do? Uh, uh, yeah, we do. The two of you do four ink spots? Yeah, we do two spots each. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Anderson. Let's show them. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. In my heart, I have but one desire. And that one is you, no other will do. I don't want to set the world on fire. I love you too much. I just want to start a red-hot flame. Down in your big old fat heart. You see, way down inside of me, darling, I have only one desire. And that one desire is you, Poopsie Gal. Ah, uh, no. Nobody else ain't gonna do. No time, no how. I've lost all ambition. For worldly acclaim, I just want to be the one you love. And with your admission that you feel the same, I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in my heart. Well, boys, that was all right. Well, back to the dressing rooms. I'll call you for the final. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? We did it. Oh, sure. Talent is talent, and I just happen to have it. That's all. <laughs> well, come on. Let's go get those letters. Okay. Boy, what?
What a cinch, huh, Dennis? Her dressing room wasn't even locked. Yeah, well, those letters are safe now. When we passed Mrs. Sullivan's backyard, I fed them to her billy goat. Oh, swell. We don't have to worry about Poopsie hearing of them anymore. Nah. Uh, let's go in the house. Is that you, Herbert? Uh, yes, little love bundle. Do you know who was just here to see me? Uh, Lily Lafarge, the actress. Huh? She told me about some letters you wrote her. Oh, my sacred cousin Leonora's little crepe to Sheen Bloomers. <laughs> and guess what? She wants permission to publish them in her memoirs. She's going to pay you $500. Isn't that wonderful? $500? Oh, somebody lowered the boom. <laughs> well, so long, everybody. What? Where are you going? Oh, never mind. But get out the cookbook. See if you can find a good recipe for baked goat. With Charles Dant and the orchestra, here's Dennis to sing the lovely ballad, Am I All of Your Future? Another Dennis Day Show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth.
listen again next week to Colgate's Hour of Fun, Judy Canova, followed by Dennis Day. And for another great comedy program, hear Blondie next Wednesday evening over your favorite NBC station. This is Vern Smith speaking. Good night. Stay tuned for The Saint next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. In our second half of tonight's show, we feature The Saint, a character created by Leslie Charteris in the 1928 novel Meet the Tiger. The Saint was originally a thief who robbed the ungodly, usually criminals or other lowlifes, to enrich himself or might occasionally capture a criminal for the same purpose. The character moved and acted with charm and style and grew to be considered the Robin Hood of modern crime. So let's hear tonight's episode of The Saint, The Missing Bridegroom. Adventures of the Saints, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Patsy? Patsy? Personally, lady, the name is Louie, but... Please hurry. Okay, but where to? I don't care. You don't... Uh, I don't like to mention this, lady, but I think you mislaid your groom. What? Of course, a girl getting married, she's kind of excited. Maybe she forgets a little something here and there, but lady, not your husband. I'm not married. Look, you're all dressed up like your bride. You come running out of that church. They was having a wedding there. They thought they were, but... Oh, oh I want Jimmy. Look, please, lady, don't, don't, don't cry. If I had Jimmy, I'd give him to you. Who's Jimmy? I love him. And we were going to get married. And I went to the church and everybody was there except... Except... Jimmy. Yes. Uh-huh. I called everywhere. I know something terrible must have happened to him. Uh-huh. For a girl in your position, you know what I think you need? What? A saint. Uh, Mr. Templer, I hope you don't mind our barge. You didn't like this. Of course not, Louie. But you see, this here is... Uh, oh. I'm Carol Blair. Uh-huh, Miss Blair. But by this time, she's supposed to have been Mrs... Snyder. Yeah, but she ain't on account of Mr. Snyder. Didn't show up at the altar. So... <laughs> Miss Blair, um, please sit down. Thank you. Uh, here, have a handkerchief. I don't want a handkerchief. I want Jimmy. Well, I don't have Jimmy. I might perhaps try to find him. Oh, Mr. Jimmy. Whether I can or not is something else again. However, have you thought of the possibility that he might have changed his mind about matrimony? Oh, no, he wouldn't have. He loves me. Well, Mr. Uh... Templer, there's nothing that could have kept Jimmy from marrying me. Nothing except death. Thank you for bringing me home, Mr. Templer. You're very welcome, Carol. I'm sorry I cried so much. Well, I'll call you as soon as I have any news. Good night. 
Yeah. Miss Blair lives in a in a very mansion, fat mansion. Mm, so she does. Well, let's go, Louis. Okay. Where to? James Snyder's apartment. Uh-huh. You think maybe he overslept? I doubt it. Hey, Mr. Templer, I read a book once. Sir, I wouldn't brood about it, Louis. No, listen. In this here book, a girl's fella don't show up to marry her on account of he's dead. You know, on account of somebody killed him? Oh, well, that would explain why he's dead, all right. <laughs> yeah, so the girl says sounds. In those days, girls used to say sounds. Yeah, that ain't what Miss Carol Blair said. Well, I guess she didn't read the book. Well, probably too busy clipping her coupon. Oh, she's loaded, huh? She is loaded. Well, money and everything. Hmm, I wonder if that's what James Snyder thought. Huh? Oh, yeah, Miss Blair told us he was broke, yeah. Hey, I got the solution. Yes, Louie? Yeah, maybe he got a job. This here is a very fancy pipe hallway, Mr. Temple. So it is. Gaudy, but not neat. One C, one C. Mm, yes, here it is. How can a guy with no dough afford to live here? Well, we'll ask him if he answers that doorbell. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's in. Hello? Ooh. Except he's a she. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, may we come in? All right. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Templer. Maybe she's why Snyder didn't show up. I think we stop here, no? Yes, uh, uh, Miss... Uh... I am Marie. Oh, Marie. Uh, well, this is Louis. Hello. Yeah, and I'm Simon Templer. Ah, you are the same. <laughs> I'm afraid I am. Uh, spending the winter here? In this apartment? <laughs> so right now I am reading the book, you see. Hmm, book on American history. You're a student. What do you think? I think you graduated. Uh, say, uh, why the book, then? Well, I'm not so long in this country, and I wish to learn about... The American people? American men. Oh, they're not that different from Frenchmen. Maybe so, but it's the little difference that counts, hmm? <laughs> Perhaps. You know, there are better ways of learning than from books. Why don't you ask Jimmy? He is out. He is? Yes. He's marrying himself. <laughs> oh, it is not right what I'm saying. He's marrying a girl. Yeah, that's more usual. You don't mind? I do not mind. Well, sometimes close friends of the groom do. They say things like, uh, what on earth does he see in her? But I am knowing what he sees in her. Be careful. One million dollar is not bad. He's fine. Well, that is, Carol is a very pretty girl, too, despite her million dollars. Who cares? <laughs> because you'll probably laugh and laugh and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, are you Jimmy's sister? Oh. Yeah, I thought so. But if you're not his sister, you must be... Uh... You look very pretty in red, Simon, but it is not necessary to blush. I am Jimmy's... Whoop, Kitty, it's time for bed. Wife. You said wife? Wife. Excuse me, huh? Hello? Huh? He's not here. Monsieur Templer is here. Goodbye. Was the doorman. I was saying... You said you were Jimmy's wife. It's true. Well, then if he'd married Carol, it would have also been bigamy. Ah, we were divorced in Mexico last year. Not his wife. I am fine. The lawyers say divorce not so good. 
So now, Jimmy, you marry a rich girl? Maybe Jimmy gives me a big present, hmm? Big present, huh? There's another name for it. Is so? Is so. The other name is blackmail. You are a funny man. I haven't been trying. Maybe you go away now, huh? Mary, hmm? I have news for you. What kind of news? Jimmy didn't show up at the altar. You make the joke once more. No joke. He's terrible. Which means that Jimmy hasn't married that million dollars yet. I think of the poor girl who waits at the altar. Almost I cry for her. Your eyes are dry. I said almost. Goodbye. You want to be alone? From you, yes. Goodbye also to you. Hmm? Oh. Oh, thanks for remembering me in time to say goodbye, yeah, Mr. Templeton. We're leaving, Louis. Except, uh, Marie, if you happen to run into Jimmy... Yes? Advise him to be very careful. So? To date, he's left one woman at the altar, another in his apartment. <laughs> He'd be safer juggling dynamite. About Marie's character, I got nothing to say. But about her figure... Louis. I also got nothing to say. <laughs> but, oh, I can dream... It's dark. Yeah, it usually is at this time of night. I know, but it don't hurt to mention it. Back to the cab? Uh, I suppose so. Mm -hmm. Hey, you Templar? Huh? Me? Yeah. Who wants to know? Who's asking you? You are? So figure it out. All right. You got a pencil and paper, maybe? Oh, wise guy. If you don't mind my intruding, I'm Simon Templar. Well, thanks for telling me, Silwick. Hey, you can't. I did. Now, don't move too quick. Him, I gave the butt, but it's you I'm pointing the business in. Get in the car. Not just yet. If you hurt Louie... You want to get shot? Not especially. First, I'm going to look at Louie. Oh, he's unconscious. Hey, what was the idea? Well, all I wanted was you, so let's get going, huh? But Louie, from what I gave him, he'll wake up. But you won't if you don't get in the car. Oh, very well. Your name would be, um... Yeah, you already know mine. Where are we going? That's what you're going to tell me. I am? Yeah. Because we're on our way to visit Jimmy Snyder. Yeah, you've told me. Just so happens his uh, present address slips my mind, so... Give, huh? Or else? No, no. Tonight we don't play. Tonight it's for keeps. Take me to Snyder. Nobody likes to die. This is where you live, huh? Yeah, not quite yet. Hallways are so drafty. Huh. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Snyder's in your apartment? Yeah, we'll be inside in a moment. Hold it. Hold what? Shut up. Okay. Move slow, straight ahead. You uh, mean now you've cased the joint? I mean... I wanted to get that light on. Now, uh, Templar. Yes? I don't see Snyder. Hey, you know, now that you mention it, I don't see him either. Hey, you could overdo that light stuff. You really think so? Where is he? I don't know. But he might be along at any moment. Yeah? Why not? How would you like a slap in the eye? Put your gun down and try it. Why, Careful. you... Careful. Besides, would Marie approve of your language? <laughs> Not to mention your tactics. Well, she don't have to. I'm the one who gives the orders and... Uh... Oh, thank you. Uh... For what? Telling me that you're the person who spoke to her over the phone a little while ago, back at Snyder's apartment. 
It explains how you happen to know I was there. Forget it. Now, what I want to know is when is Snyder going to show here? Of course, he may have mislaid his timetable. Yeah? Or perhaps even his life. Hey, Templar. Yes? I'm beginning to think that Snyder maybe ain't going to show. It's the beginning. It shows promise. In time, you may have lots of little thoughts all your very you own. You said... I said he might be along. I offered no guarantees. Nobody's offered a guarantee on your life. You sheer oversight. You could be playing me for a dope. Oh, good heavens, no. Are you a dope? Where's Snyder? Well, men who have just been married usually spend the time immediately thereafter. No, no, no. He ducked the church. Oh, that's interesting. But how did you know? I know. Something else, however, that you don't know. What's that? The door behind you has just been sneaked open very, very softly. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I amuse you? <laughs> you kill me. You're so funny. You exaggerate. I'm not the one who may kill you. There's a revolver barrel poking its snout around the edge of that door. Point of it's aimed at you. Well, I don't take my eyes off you, mister. I don't suppose there's anything I could say that would stop that little stranger from shooting, whoever he or she is. I do dislike having my home used as a shooting gallery, though. Neighbors complain. So, Mr. Dugan, would you mind going away and being shot someplace else? I am staying right here. Oh, Get out of my way. No. You... Oh, you fool. I want to go after whoever shot you. No, it's a trick. It's some kind of trick. You moving up. I'll... Oh. Lieutenant Archer, homicide. Hello, Lieutenant. This is Simon Temple. Uh, Lieutenant Archer just grabbed his Nash for a quick trip to the upper Amazon. Hey, Lieutenant Archer hasn't got a Nash. He's doing it the hard way. Good night. Lieutenant. Yeah? Look, stop gnashing your teeth and guess what I've got. I wouldn't want it. I'm a married man. His name used to be Dugan. Anthony Dugan. I don't like him. Someone else didn't like him harder. So now he's dead. Where? My apartment. Got the killer there, too? I'm sorry, no. Well, get in touch with me when you do. All right, Lieutenant. I'll be right down, Simon. Uh, he doesn't make a pretty corpse He makes a very dead one, though Friend of yours? Lieutenant, neither of us really care Yeah, I... Company, Simon Who? Oh, Louie Louie, he says That's what he said Louie, you're not hurt No Now, in my family, everybody goes around with two heads Well, there was nothing I could do I... Hang out with the saint and see Johns Hopkins from a bottle Mr. Temple, where is that hooligan? I'm gonna... I... That's him? Yes, Louie. But he ain't, he ain't breathing? No, Louie. Oh. Lieutenant. Yeah? Louie and I have an errand. You mind our leaving? Thanks for asking. So long. Goodbye. Louie? Coming. But to where? I think perhaps it's time we visited Carol Blair. Uh-huh. You think maybe she needs help? Help? Or an alibi? Looks like the mansion is all closed up for the night. I hope not. Maybe she's asleep, huh? Yes, she is. She hasn't read the right books. A woman who's just been left at the altar never sleeps. It's a matter they don't get sleepy. I have nothing but nothing to say to the press. 
Who's he? I don't know. To me, he looks like an outfielder. From left field, I might add. Larry, Larry. I uh, beg your pardon. You, sir, would be... Uh... Theobald A. Blair. Uh, what does the A stand for? Artaxerxes. Uh, you may make all the jokes after I shut the door. Good night. We are coming in, Mr. Blair. <clears throat> Thank you. Pushing type. Aren't you? Only when necessary. You're Carol's father? Uncle, young man. Uncle. And who are you? Simon Templer. <clears throat> this is Louis. <clears throat> Tonight, everybody goes, hmm? Why does he have to use a question mark for me? Your niece asked me to help her, Mr. Blair. Carol is a young idiot. Youth has no monopoly on idiocy. I am almost squelched. Something that hasn't happened to me in years. How about an offer of employment? The last one I received was in the early 30s. Since then, no one's been vulgar enough to... uh, That is hardly your concern, is it? It might be. Uh, By the way, Marie sends her love. Good heavens, sir. Not here. I beg your pardon? Well, we're men of the world, true, but still... Then you knew Jimmy was married? I, uh... Would you like a spot of something? True. I'm afraid we're temporarily out of that commodity. Dugan is dead, Mr. Blair. Indeed? How pleasant to discover that thugs like him are mortal. Were you the one who tested his mortality? Oh, he was murdered, hmm? No doubt whoever murdered him did so with the best of intentions. It wasn't I, however. You haven't asked me where Jimmy is. You haven't implied that you know. Do you? No. You want to know? Of course I do. In order to test his mortality? Nonsense. I wanted Jimmy to marry Carol. Wanted it very badly. Uncle, I heard... Oh, Mr. Chandler. Yeah, and Louie. I'm keeping the franchise open. Hello, Louie. Hello. I hope you went asleep. Oh, no, I couldn't. Simon, have you found Jimmy? No, I did find Marie, however. Who... Who is Marie? Uncle Theobald can tell you. Probably with more details than I would know. Uncle? She, uh, well, that is, she used to be, uh, well, friendly with Jimmy at one time. Friendly? Well, yes, you might say that. As a matter of fact, she carried it to the extent of marrying him. Oh, no. Uncle, you're joking. Now, 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 my dear, perhaps you'd uh, better lie down. Uncle, I've warned you time and time again. I'm not a child. I never thought you were. I always... Oh, Mr. Templer, it isn't true, is it? That Jimmy was married? I'm afraid it is. But it can't be. Otherwise, why would he have... have... Been ready to marry you? But he was under the impression that he'd been divorced from his first wife. Oh, and the divorce wasn't any good. So it seems. Then, then Jimmy did love me. Jimmy would be the best one to answer that. Which reminds me, uh, Louie and I have another errand to perform. What errand? I can't tell as yet whether it would be a matter for the police or for the medical examiner. Temple, you're excited. Worried. What about Marie? Yeah, that's why we're ringing your doorbell. Mm, no answer. It's locked. I don't like that. Not much of a lock. Don't look now, but you just ruined that lock. It's not important. What is important is... Oh. Ooh, Marie. Yes. Blood on her nightgown. She's dead. She was shot, huh? Yeah, it's close range. Trail of blood leads from the couch there to this overturned end table. You mean she crawled after Whoever she... shot her left her for dead at the couch. She wasn't quite dead. She fell to the floor, managed to reach the end table, knocked it over. Yeah, and, and started to read a magazine or something because there's one right under her head. Not read. Huh? Actually, she tore a page out. That's all she was able to do. No writing on it? No, which means... Let's see. One side's the back cover... The other's a full-page advertisement for Hamilton Watches. Hmm. 
Maybe she wanted to know what time it was. It's a bad joke, but I don't feel good. She's evidently trying to tell us something with that ad. Something about her murderer. Hey, maybe the guy who shot her was a watchmaker, huh? Yeah, possibly that. More obviously, that his name was Hamilton. But uh, so far as we know, there's been no Hamilton connected with the case. It would be stretching coincidence too far, anyway. Ready-made clue like that? Uh, We'll have to wait. Are you calling the cops? Mm, They can wait, too. I'm calling the Blairs. You want to let Carol know her husband is now a widower? I want to find out who's home. Hello? Carol, Simon Templer. Simon, you found Jimmy? Not exactly. Carol, is your uncle in? No, he went for a walk. In the park, he was upset. Thanks, Carol. Goodbye. Come on, Louie. Where are we going? We're upset, too. So let's make it the park. You know, this here just happens to be a very, uh, very dark park. Mm-hmm. No sign of Uncle Theobald. Mr. Templer, you think there's something phony about him taking a walk this time of night? Phony? Hmm, not necessarily. Let's call it dangerous. No, I'm nervous. Let's not. Maybe, uh, maybe he used to be a watchmaker. That's possible. Mr. Templer, you know, I just thought of something else. You kind of stopped looking for Jimmy Snyder. You think it's it's hopeless? I don't know. Other things to worry about first. For Snyder, if he's still alive... You wouldn't bet on that, huh? Hey, look. Up ahead by the side of the road. Yeah, Theobald. He's waiting for the traffic lights to change. Not many cars are driving around through the park this time of night, huh? But there is one parked down the road a bit. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. Lights change. He's stopping the cross. There's the car. Theobald! Theobald! He ain't hurt. He's off the roadway. See you, Bones! <laughs> the car hit him. No lights. No lights. Play type. Is he dead? No. Car just sideswiping. Oh, hey, Theobald. Hello. Yeah? Bad driving? Mm-hmm. No, no. No, murderous driving. That car tried to kill you. Theobald, we'll get an ambulance for you. You'll be all right, but... Look, I've got to know something... Do you have a place of your own besides Carol's house? I... Oh, yes. I keep a small room. Shabby vanity of mine. But it belongs to me. Where is it? 19 Terrace Place. Apartment 3. Have fun, then. Oh. Oh, he's fainted. Louis, go get help for him. I'll wait till you get back and then... Yeah? Then we'll remember the forgotten man. Here ain't a very elegant dump. Louis, I'm worried. About who's killing everybody? No, I think that's fairly clear. Oh, you speak for yourself, John. But Mary's dying action, it puzzled me. That ad for watches, it seems to point nowhere. It just adds an unnecessary complication. To me, all complications are unnecessary. You know, Mr. Templer, maybe what you need is a secretary. A what? All I said was a secretary. Louis, I love you. What? Look, this is my busy weekend, please. He's apartment three. This is where he hangs out when he ain't being rich. Hey? Yeah. Get from back there. This closet. Oh. Don't look now, but that there must be Jimmy Snyder all tied up and gagged. You're quite right, Louie. I better untie him. No, Louie. Huh? You better make a phone call. Who to? The police. <laughs> 
Mr. Snyder can untie himself without too much difficulty, I suspect. Uh, hey, hey, he's got a hand I for you. I rather thought he would. I'll take that gun and... Oh, oh. You, you felt you had to do that? Of course. He wasn't tied up very good. No. He... You, but... All right, I'll phone the police. Yeah, but what'll I tell them? To come and pick up Mr. James Snyder, vanishing bridegroom and murderer. I don't understand. How could it have been Jimmy? Well, he was married to Marie. Marie and her happy little trigger man, Dugan, were preparing to blackmail him as soon as he'd married you, Cal. Jimmy didn't care for the program, and so... So he killed him. Right, Louie. Your uncle also knew, so that meant that he, too, would have to die. But Jimmy tried to arrange it so that Theobald's death would seem to be an accident. After he'd ran him down in the park, he went to Theobald's apartment and tied himself up. He knew someone would find him there shortly. And everybody would have thought that Uncle had killed Marie and Dugan. Simon, however did you know? Marie. She was murdered in her living room. She was wearing a nightgown at the time. It's hardly likely she would have received any ordinary visitor in that state. Yeah, except her husband, Jimmy. Uh, right, Louis. Only now look, what's the business with the watch ad? Well, we know that Marie dying tore a page out of a magazine. Obviously, because that page contained an indication of who had killed her. Wait a minute. All that page contained was an ad for Hamilton Watch. Oh, you're forgetting something, Louis. Huh? What was Marie doing the first time that we met her? She was, uh... Oh, yeah, she was reading a book. About? Uh, uh... American history. Mm-hmm. I remembered that. And then when you mentioned the word secretary... Yeah, this I mentioned, all right. I knew whom she'd named as her murderer. Uh-huh. I still don't know. Louis. Yeah? Look, in American history, who was Alexander Hamilton? Oh, oh, but the Pilgrim Father. No. Pilgrim Son? Louis. Well, Alexander Hamilton was the first Secretary of the Treasury. Aha. Uh-huh. So? So, who's the Secretary of the Treasury today? Oh, well, that's a guy named, uh, uh, wait a minute, let me look at a dollar bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And Jimmy Snyder was a suspect. So it goes to show people ought to read American history. You know... Marie was awfully bright. I'm not. I feel terrible, Simon. You needn't, Carol. You'll get over, Jimmy. Do you think so, Simon? How? Well, uh... Um... Uh, Louis. Hmm? Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Temple? Please go take a cab. Hmm? <laughs> You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now, here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, from the past, we have received a heritage, our American heritage. And it consists of many things. It's an ideal and a way of life. It's everything America stands for, our heritage. We can repay the past only by using our heritage well today by taking pride in the most complete expression of individual liberties, civil rights, and personal dignity. And by doing so, we'll be guaranteeing our future. For we have learned from history that unused freedom has a habit of slipping away. Of course, using our freedom makes certain demands upon us. But to the people of many countries today, these demands would constitute a gift beyond price. They mean voting in an informed way. 
serving on juries, taking an interest in having a voice in all the affairs of the community, the state, and the nation. All this preserves our heritage by exercising it. And by making our form of government work better at home, we strengthen democracy everywhere. We provide an example of free people governing themselves through a free government, a dynamic example of man's finest ideals at work. To every American, then, falls the task of protecting our heritage. For freedom is everybody's job. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. This script of The Saint was written by Louis Vitti. In our cast, you heard Viola Vaughn as Marie and Sharon Douglas as Carol. Sheldon Leonard was Dugan, Ted Osborne, Uncle Theobald. Frank Gerstle was Lieutenant Archer. Louis is played by Larry Dotkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safter production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring with Errol Flynn and Michelin Prell in William Marshall's production of Bloodline. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are now on sale at all newsstands. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fun every Sunday on NBC with two delightful and sometimes very bewildering families. The Blandings family continues to have typically suburban adventures in their famous dream house. Cary Grant and Betsy Drake star as Mr. and Mrs. Blanding. And Sunday also means a visit with the hilarious Harrises and their friends on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, followed by The Lone Ranger. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.